Hi everybody, welcome to Tales from the Cryptocurrency, where I attempt to demystify cryptocurrency and take the horror out of Bitcoin and other altcoins. This is a special episode all about mining. So if you have questions, what is mining and what do you mine and and how long can you mine and what if like the coins run out and you're in the mining process, if you have all of these questions, I'm going to attempt to try to answer these all in this very long podcast so uh if you are in for a a long one grab something to drink something to smoke whatever you like to do and sit back for a second we're going to talk about uh the entire mining process from a to z so getting started right now basically uh what is it that we're doing well since uh digital currencies are decentralized which means that they they're not controlled by a bank they're not controlled by a government agency uh there's no offices you can't go to the bitcoin offices you can't do nothing like that uh, then then you wonder like like where does all of this transaction data go right like all the things are pouring where are all my robin hood trades and coinbase who's keeping track of all of that uh uh, you know all the 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 data that's just constantly pouring into the blockchain uh who's making sure that it's all correct and all that kind of stuff well since there's no clerical data entry employees assigned to do this uh how does it get done well uh some currencies are 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 collectively owned by the people who invest in them uh the processing of the information that keeps the currencies dynamic and valuable uh is undertaken by those investors as well so uh it all falls on the shoulders of the people who have uh the actual coin uh this information processing is what's called mining all right so this is where where investors are actually doing the work uh they're using their computational power uh and because they're using their computational power and they're mining these things called data blocks uh logically enough uh, they're called miners so that's that's what it is but they're not actually mining a physical product right like gold or silver or something like that but they're mining a digital a digital product uh, and and for the majority of cryptocurrencies taking part like in the mining process it, it's not required for you to invest in it uh you know we know that because we invest in bitcoin all the time and we're not we're not you know uh taking part in any of the mining or anything like that but uh there are other people uh, other investors that, that like to play an active role in mining because uh not only does it create like new coins uh but there's actually rewards uh for miners who successfully process blocks of data so uh I'm going to talk about uh you know uh getting a better understanding for what the mining process is uh in general terms you know uh that kind of thing but uh overall uh mining mining is is uh is three different things it's not really one thing so you can you can be doing three different uh tasks and all three of those things are are considered mining okay uh mining data uh for the blockchain uh or mining bitcoin or or whatever uh, and the three things that you can do are uh processing of transaction data okay so either you're you're using uh your computational power uh, power uh that you have into the 
uh, into the network, you know, via your mining rig. Uh, you're using uh, your your computational power to process uh, the transaction, you know, the transaction data. So uh, this assures that like quicker confirmation times and turnaround. Uh, uh, you know, this makes sure that like things happen as quickly as possible on the blockchain. That uh, customers and vendors aren't aren't waiting for like transactions to be finalized for days and days like it used to take. Uh, you know. Um, you know, but like right now, as I say, like a bunch of like the industry experts uh, consider transaction times that are too short to be a security risk. Uh, so it's a delicate balance uh, between speed uh, and security that you're trying to to garner, you know, in there. But uh, but anyway, processing of transaction for the blockchain is one way that you can mine uh, stuff. So just offering up your computational power for processing. Okay. Uh, then there's the the number two aspect of mining, which is heightening the security, right, of the transaction data. So each uh, data block that's mined after uh, after the block containing a transaction's original information, uh, you add another layer to it or you generate another layer of security for that transaction. Uh, if you hear someone say six generations of data security, uh, that generally means that six data blocks must be mined uh, after one containing the original transaction information uh, before that transaction is considered to be fully and officially secure. So it has to go through like this entire process. And if you help out in that process, uh, then what happens is, is that like you, you're also rewarded with coins or you're rewarded with fees okay and then uh the the third way is is the way that most people actually think of what mining uh would be which is like actually generating uh new coins so uh we're gonna cover how you generate new coins and how that's done uh but for most digital currencies uh the process uh you know, continues like forever. Like it's like an infinite process, except for Bitcoin. Bitcoin's finite, right? So like uh, it ends up being like a finite. There's only going to be 21 million ever, ever mined. Uh, and, you know, there's several that have been lost and that kind of thing. But in the case of currencies with like minting caps, that's called the minting cap, like what Bitcoin has, right? Uh, it's a limited number of total coins that can ultimately be reached by the miners. Okay. So what happens, right? Like, so a uh, new coin creation uh, eventually stops so like if you're mining and uh, let's say that there's three coins to be mined one a year boom and you put all this computational power into it and then you mine the first coin you make some money you mine the second coin you make some money uh, you know the third coin takes a long time uh, to do because uh, you know the, the process gets harder and there's more people at it uh, and then boom you mine the third coin and now there's no more coins so how do you make money if you have like all these mining rigs and that kind of thing well mining uh, is still necessary even after the minting caps have been reached because transaction data remember number one uh, will still need to be verified so every time that one of these things is sold uh, handed off traded exchanged anything like that all that data needs to be verified on the blockchain which requires the miners to do that 
And then the function of mining new coins is is where the term mining comes from, right? Like comparable to like the mining of silver or gold, because that's where where you mine these new coins that are coming up. But the, once there's no more coins, uh, then the miners get paid like all the transaction fees. So you know, like when you use your credit card, uh, there is a transaction fee that goes along with that. Eventually, the miners will be the people that are collecting these transaction fees, uh, and you know, uh, for whatever coin it is that they've been mining for like you know years and years or, or whatever so that's why it's such a big deal because eventually when this goes mainstream um there'll be people that'll be collecting a lot of money without there having to be like actual mining of the coins it'll just be uh you know processing of transaction data and offering like that heightened security of the transaction data so so uh so that's why a lot of people invest uh into mining from now uh and that kind of thing and they they join these mining pools that we're going to talk about and all that kind of thing but the most important thing that you can see is that like mining is critical uh to the security and like the actual uh vitality right of like the digital currency uh and if you're an investor uh you're encouraged to take part in the process uh and you can be rewarded for taking part in the process uh in a couple of different ways right most most crypto currencies offer uh block rewards uh which is like a, a given number of coins rewarded to miners uh who successfully process like the data block uh, the second uh, way is is a percentage of the transaction fees, which is what I was talking about, uh, contained within the block, uh, is rewarded to whoever mines it. So, for cryptocurrencies with like minting caps, the transaction fees uh, rewards will over time uh, become much more important because uh, once the minting cap is reached, the transaction fee rewards will become the only income incentive for for mining like a particular coin, and it'll be like to verify these these things and stuff. So there can be no newly minted coin rewards of of new coins uh, because they, there just won't be any any uh, any to be mined. Uh, so in most cases, the transaction uh, uh, fee is what most miners are eventually after. And and by the way, like coins running out, like you know, for the, we're talking like 20, 40 years down the line. I think like the last Bitcoin supposed to get mined like in 2042, uh, around then. So it's not that this isn't going to affect us. And if you start mining now, you're still going to get like you know a lot of money. But but talking about a lot of money, I want to address like this thing of like you know it being like a get rich quick scheme because it's it's not uh it's a reputation that like cryptocurrency mining's gotten that it's like you know some kind of get rich quick, quick scheme or whatever uh and yeah 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 mining offers like the incentive of like some like you know you can make some money in the form of earned digital currency and you know cryptocurrency uh and it's a nice incentive for investors who devote their time and energy to the process uh however but th there's people that like talk about mining as a way to earn huge amounts like quickly and with very little effort and 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 that kind of thing and and I just want to let you know that that's in super rare cases. So it's just not true. Uh, mining is 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 like uh, a thing that can generate like you know some passive income uh, if you're like really really nerdy and you have like a lot a lot of equipment like that kind of stuff and you're into all that tech and stuff. Uh, mining's like a great way to take an active role in like a, a currency that you know that, that you really believe in. Like if you really you know believe in like Bitcoin, you know and you want to like mine it because you know you want to help along the process and that kind of thing. 
you know, that's cool. But, uh, you know, take my advice. Listen, don't don't quit your day job. All right. And think that you're going to start mining digital currencies and, and become uh, a trillionaire overnight. I mean, that's like one percent of like one percent of one percent of like the people that do that. And and I don't I, I try to, to, to guide, you know, like my people away from like misinformation. What I try to do is try to give you good information about what's actually going on, what you can actually do, things that you can actually implement and do and that kind of thing. And, and, and as we go along here, like you'll learn a little bit about mining. And there are some cool ways that I'll discuss later where you can actually get involved in mining without having like an astronomical, you know, investment into it and that kind of thing. Um, so we'll talk about that uh, a little bit, you know, as well. But before we do, we, we have to talk about what you're actually mining, right? So so what are you mining when you mine? You're mining these things called, uh, called data blocks, right? And whenever any amount of digital currency is used, like on a transaction, uh, you know, that transaction is placed into a digital file. And, and uh, these can be, you know, trades between investors or purchases made like, you know, from investors or from vendors or companies or you know like that 250 million dollar uh, purchase that just happened by like that one company now all of these things generate like you know digital files and transaction histories that have to be uh, recorded so since there's so many transactions and uh, and they're made in short periods right several seconds I mean a trillion transactions going on at a time then several new blocks uh, you know can be generated within an hour's time uh, this varies from currency type to you know from one currency type to another um, for example like Bitcoin, uh, I was reading that like Bitcoin adds like a new block of data uh, every 10 minutes. And this, co- this uh, contains all of those other transactions and everything. So it gets actually added to the blockchain every 10 minutes. And as soon as these blocks are generated, their information is, is available for like miners to go in there and start processing the information, right? So these are like immediately like put uh, their computers to work and, and they're like, hey, a new bunch of uh, a block came out uh, and they can start uh, mining at it, I guess, uh, so to speak. And as the blocks are created, uh, they they go to the end of the line of the blockchain, right? So and and they include information from the block uh, immediately before, so that this way uh, these blocks can be interlinked uh, in a series of data blocks. This this is what's actually called the blockchain, right? So like if you had like a block and a block says you know A, the next block says you know A B, the next block after that would say A B C, you know like that, and it just contains the information from from the block before it so that you can verify that like hey this is where the block actually goes uh in in the, in the line uh and you can keep order of it and uh and that transaction that transactions data is reconfirmed repeatedly by all of like these miners that are doing so after after a bunch of blocks uh are are successfully processed the transaction in question now has several layers of confirmation each block that's processed after the transaction validates like the information and makes uh, sure that the transaction's information is secure, right? So uh, we mentioned, uh, you know, earlier too, uh, that uh, when you generate new coins, uh, what happens is if a digital currency has like a mining cap and all the caps are, uh, you know, all the coins uh, that are going to be created have already been created, uh, then block generation will never stop, right? So it's infinite. So like when you hear about like, you know, Ether being infinite, it's infinite. Uh, You know, it'll never raise 
remember that's not true because it's like the the validation of the generation of like you know uh, the reputation of the blockchain will 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 be where the value is actually at. So like since block generation uh, never stops as long as transactions are taking place, um, you know it could take several years. Uh, I mean for 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 uh, it to get from like where there's no more coins and then all you know all miners start doing is like verifying transactions and that kind of thing but then this will be like you know where they start collecting like fees as their reward and and it's projected that like you know fees uh, eventually will be big enough to make up for the lack of like new coins you know being rewarded to to miners right so so now that like you know like what we're actually going after which is like you know these data blocks right uh then it's it's time to take a break for some hash right no no not that kind of hash so before you break out your pipes or or you break out your frying pan in another case and start you know uh putting onions into the pan uh if that's the the kind of hash there's uh, many different kinds of hash and and cryptocurrency has its its own kind of hash as well too and we're going to talk about it right here and uh and with with most digital currency well actually with all digital currencies like bitcoin uh hash is uh, an elaborate and complex set of like mathematical equations, right? That these have to get solved uh, in order to successfully mine a data block. So like once a hash is solved properly, uh, the chain is considered complete and whoever mines it can collect their coin uh, and or their transaction fee percentage uh, reward. So hashes uh, are super complex by design um, so that they can assure like transaction security, right? So they're designed like by these mathematicians to be super duper hard take a lot of computational power uh, to solve and then once you do solve it uh you know then uh you're rewarded by like a coin or by like the fee and they have to be super hard uh to solve uh, and there's a, a fine balance here i'll tell you what it is uh in a second but uh if the hashes were too easy to solve right like a supercomputer uh could just slip like junk through uh undetected right because it could just uh you know find like what the hash would be copy the hash insert a, a duplicate or a, or, a, or a fake file into the blockchain chain uh tweaking it off to the side um and then it start like its own you know chain link off of and i don't want to use chain link actually i don't want to say that because then you'll think chain link's a different thing but uh causing like another let's say a chink in the chain right so uh that kind of thing that later on uh would cause the entire chain to collapse so um so th- this is why you can't just make like the hash like a super easy thing like two plus two you know equals four and then like it designs you know figures out that hash boom the computer figures that out and then uh you know moves on to the next thing it has to be hard enough where it takes like an actual amount of like you know computational power to provide security so there's a fine balance to maintain uh when it comes to like the hashes complexity uh and in some digital currencies uh you know have been trying to like tweak their formulas and stuff like that this is why you see so so much offset you know like litecoin bitcoin uh bitcoin gold you see all of these things it's that each time that like they tweak the system to avoid a hack or something of the sort uh you know then uh it, it changed the hash rate and you know the hash rate improved uh to some degree so they found it to be better uh or more kind of thing so transaction validity 
liquidity, right, is is what's crucial. So uh, the hash has to be intricate enough to assure it. Uh, and at the same time, uh, the other side of the coin, you know, so to speak, uh, is, is that if the hash is too hard, uh, then the data blocks become super hard to to effectively mine. So, um, so if you look for any like alternative, you know, like uh, go to any like alternative currency board or whatever, you'll find like miners. I, I found a ton of miners just talking about like you know the difficulty of like a given currency's hash. Uh, if it's too hard, miners aren't going to bother mining it because uh, it's just going to destroy cards and rack you know to rack up electricity bills, uh, and that can be uh, disastrous to the currency's well-being. So like if nobody's mining it, then there's not going to be anybody to, to, you know, purchase. There's not going to be any coins to purchase. And if there's no coins to, to purchase or exchange, uh, then, you know, it becomes very hard uh, for the coin to, to become mainstream. This, by the way, if you listen to the previous podcast and we were talking about like all those like coins that like get given away as incentives via learning programs and all that stuff, it's really to popularize the coin, right? So like you walk around like next week talking to your friends saying like, you know, hey, chain link is the thing or whatever this or that. It's it's that's why they give you coins. Eventually, once like people start looking into and your friends go to buy Chainlink and stuff like that, then, uh, you know, they'll find that like, hey, they're not giving away anything and you have to actually trade them and this or that because now the coins become mainstream and it's become popular and, and that kind of sort. So, so the hash rate of a digital currency network is like the speed at which transaction data can be processed by its miners. Uh, again, balance is needed, right? So you want it to be fast enough that transactions have like good turnaround times, uh, yet you you don't want it to be so fast that security is weakened. So volume plays a huge role uh, in the whole equation. Bitcoin, for example, has a hash rate of over like 10, 10 terahashes per second, which means 10 trillion calculations uh, being done on the network. Uh, well, uh, could conceivably be done on the network. Uh, and that, my friends, is a lot of hash going on uh, going on there. So what uh, is another way uh, that, that you can just uh, mine uh, without, you know, doing like this kind of thing? Or what's another kind of, of mining? Well, there's there's a couple of systems, right, which, which by uh, miners can earn, you know, rewards for investing in digital currencies. And in addition to making coins and verifying uh, transactions and stuff like that, you can do proof of work mining. Uh, which is, uh, this is similar to proof of stake mining, which we talked about in the uh, other podcast and I'll, I'll kind of cover here again as well. Uh, but proof of work mining uh, is exactly like what it sounds like. You earn like coins and, and transaction fee rewards according to like the number of blocks that you mine successfully with your you know, with your rig, uh, so to speak. And uh, once a miner or, or group of miners has completed like the satisfactory, like, you know, mining data, mining a data block, uh, they earn a number of coins, right? And they share the transaction fees contained within that block uh, or a combination of the two. So uh, all, all of these coins work differently. Uh, this type of, of mining though requires a, like an investor takes like an active part in mining data blocks, uh, which helps uh, verify transaction data and new data coins. Uh, with proof of work mining, if you don't put the effort into, into mine, you don't earn anything extra. So, and you have to have money in there too as, as well, right? So, so uh, the other way is uh, proof of stake mining. So not proof of work, which is like basically verifying, uh, but proof of stake mining is in the truest sense of the word. Uh, uh, it's not 
really mining, uh, but it, it, it kind of is uh, because there isn't uh, there isn't like any actual work done done by the investor. So all you really have to do is is you you hold coins, and when you hold coins of a of a given type of digital currency like ether, for example, if you own 32 ether and you just put them in a in a wallet, uh, it's called staking them, and and uh, And you make earnings based on the number of coins that you stake, you know, or or the stake that you hold. Uh, the more you invest, the more you're likely to earn. Uh, and the and uh, the advocates of this method like to point out that the proceeds of like higher, you know, higher currency security uh, comes about, like you know, uh, several groups staking coins. Uh, for those who invest heavily, like big funds and that kind of thing. They're more likely to do it and to see a coin succeed, right? Because uh, because they're they're doing this. Uh, they're actually putting their money into the coin, and then they're getting interest off of it, which is why you see some of these big hedge funds and that kind of thing uh, actually investing a lot of money uh, into particular coins. This is going to go along with. Uh, podcast that I'm going to do on like what these whale movements are and uh, and that kind of thing. So if you have like big groups that are holding enormous stakes uh, in in uh, in Bitcoin or in Ether, for example, that kind of thing, it's kind of like mining because they're getting interest, they're getting uh, paid in coins uh, for for having like, you know, all of like the transaction stuff and all that kind of stuff going together. So the digital currencies who use like, you know, this uh, proof of stake method, by the way, uh, almost always use it in combination with like proof of work mining. So you do both. Uh, otherwise, uh, the temptation to invest heavily, uh, you know, but not take an active role in mining data blocks uh, could could result in like super slow mining if you leave it in the hands of other people, right? So uh, this in turn could result in like longer trans transaction times and lower transaction security, uh, neither which is, is fantastic for, you know, any, any altcoin. The last thing any altcoin wants to hear is, is about getting uh, hacked and, and all that kind of stuff. So, so what about like the nitty gritty, the nerd stuff, right? Let's talk about, let's talk about that. So now that we know like how the process works, what we can do, uh, we can mine the coins, we can, you know, uh, stake the coins, uh, we can offer proof of work uh, with the coins and make money and all of like these things or whatever. So uh, what do you do? Uh, if if you want to do like the actual nerd stuff, you want to go out and buy uh, a mining rig, right? So uh, so the first thing you would need to do is like go off and like join uh, some kind of like you know board uh, where people are mining, so that like you can get a bunch of information off of that. I'm not going to go too heavily into it. I think I've done all the research uh, I need to know know uh, about mining uh, for right now, at least for the level that, that I'm into. I'm not going to get into mining. But if I was, uh, what you need to know is about the SHA-256. Uh, that's the SHA-256. Uh, uh, and script uh, is also another one. S-C-R-Y-P-T. Uh, script. So uh, SHA-256 and script are like two of the most common algorithm systems that are used by like cryptocurrency miners uh, in order to authenticate uh, blocks of transaction data. So this is the general software that like the system uses. Uh, unfortunately, it's not up to the miners. Uh, it's set by the developers of a given type of currency. So uh, when you go to like a, a cryptocurrency, you know, like a board, like what I was saying, like a discussion board or whatever, you'll find that there is uh, a bunch of like different debates between 
you know, the two algorithms. So uh, some people like are all like, you know, oh, well, I only use SHA-256. And the other ones are like, script is the only way to go. And there's always teams. But the, th the truth is that they're, they're, they're both doing different things and they just want different coins uh, to succeed. So uh, I'm going to look at like both types uh, and the arguments being made uh, for and against them. So like you can kind of know a little bit about that. But before jumping into that, uh, let's talk hash again, right? Let's talk uh, in a little more detail. Um, so uh, hash, uh, the term refers to uh, like a complex mathematical computation uh, that's required uh, in order for like successful mining to take place, right? And you'll often see hash rates listed along with like hardware created for digital currency mining. Uh, so like when you look on the box of like, you know, like a mining rig or whatever, uh, the higher the hash rate required. Uh, is you know required for successful mining uh, and the longer uh, the more difficult process will be for miners uh, this is expressed in like hash difficulty of a given type of currency uh, and it's given like hash rate abbreviations and you'll see what they what they mean so if you see stuff that looks like uh, like capital kh slash two uh, that means like kilo hashes kilo hashes per second right or one thousandth of a hash computation per second and then like mh slash two is mega hashes and gh slash two is giga hashes and it goes on to tera hashes and peta hashes and uh, all those things and peta hashes are like one quadrillion hash computations per per second so uh let's say that you start counting in the quadrillions that's uh that's uh a one followed by 15 zeros i had to look that up but if you if you're talking about almost incomprehensible numbers uh and that many computations will take like you know serious uh serious hardware so or, so beyond this is we're talking way beyond like your iphone or way beyond like you know your desktop or your laptop computer uh, uh you know Fully speaking, like like mostly, I would say that like once once the hash difficulty is up in like the gigahertz, like you know, uh, uh, giga hash territory uh, or higher, uh, the energy, time, and resource you know dedication required can just become prohibitive, you know, for like an individual person, anyways. Uh, and there's ways to get around this, and I'll talk about that in a second. But I, I, as a result, you need to consider like either like application specificated, uh, specific integrated circuits. These are things are called ASICs, which are like chips and dedicated units that exist solely for like mining purpose and purposes and can be attached to like existing computers or you know separate you know high power like mining machines altogether so you could buy like an ASIC card and connect it to your laptop and then you can kind of like very inefficiently mine you know uh, via that put a string of ASICs together and connect that to your laptop, you'll have something that will mine a little more, but you just as in extremely inefficiently as well. The best thing to do is just have like a dedicated rig, like a, a basically it's a, like a fan with a bunch of cards inside of there. That's what it looks like. It just looks like a, like an old computer, like tower. And it would just have like a bunch of like, you know, ASIC cards in there or, or high graphic, you know, uh, cards for you know different uh, altcoins and stuff like that and then uh, you would run these these programs like this SHA-256 or you would run the script uh, program through uh, that mining rig and depending on on that uh, and a little bit of like data entry at that point you would then be mining you know your your appropriate coin Bitcoin uh, you know or Tron or whatever you're into mining uh, you can't mine ether ether you can only stake and we'll cover that another time but anyways uh, if you're looking at to into that that's it so 
the SHA-256 software is like, is, uh, is the most complex of like the two, uh, you know, platforms to use and, and it's used by Bitcoin. Uh, so this is like, you know, uh, uh, pretty secure card and, and and most of like the currencies uh you know based upon its code data block processing with like sha256 tends to be super slow uh transaction turnaround town times as a result are measured in minutes as opposed to seconds uh but it's also argued that it's also more thorough and leaves less room for error this is like where the importance of this is right and and uh, it advocates to to also say it's better for overall data security uh, successful mining of coins using SHA-256 often requires like hash rates uh, that are like in the giga hashes per second. So if you don't have like a rig that's at least like in the in the GH slash S range uh, or higher, uh, this means that it's generally going to be more difficult for individual miners to use. So uh, those who, who who do often employ like, you know, one of these little ASIC cards or whatever, or a separate computing device set up to conform uh, only mining tasks, uh, you know, since you can't devote like a whole machine to it or whatever, at least an ASIC to the task of mining, then you often like what you got to do is join a mining pool. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. But uh, before I do, I want to cover script and script is, is, is quicker. So it's quicker than SHA-256. Uh, and it's, it's a way easier algorithm, uh, you know, to, for, for, the, for the cards to solve and et cetera. Uh, but at the, at, as uh, new digital currencies uh, are being introduced, more, more of them are are favoring it over like SHA-256 so and because of the speed is why they're doing it so script is is much easier to run on an already existing like CPU and uh, tends to use up less energy than using SHA-256 uh, and as a, as a result it's 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 favored by most individual miners in comparison to SHA-256 so scripts hash rates for successful coin mining generally range in the kilo hashes per second or mega hashes per second so of difficulty which can be achieved with regular computers and and uh, and without the need of like ASICs or or other hardware. You just tie up like all the computational you know devices like in your in your computer, and you'd hear your computer wind up and make like this whirring noise like like that. But uh, it'd be mining uh, it'd be mining some of the smaller coins, you know, and that kind of thing. And at one point, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually uh, not in this podcast, but I'm I'm gonna mention uh, some coins and how. How they can actually, I'm going to divide up some coins and whether they can be mined uh, on your phone, whether they can be mined on your computer, uh, or whether they have to be mined, you know, with a mining rig or whether it's better to go with a pool. So you can kind of like figure out like, you know, uh, some of like these coins, what they are and etc. So like Bitcoin, for example, you're not going to mine uh, with your laptop or phone or anything like that. And it requires like an enormous amount of like uh, electricity and computational power just to to get to one coin so you have these enormous pools working on them at one time but uh but over time uh, you know, like like I say, like hash difficulties for like the more popular currencies that use the SHA-256 uh, mining algorithm, such as Bitcoin, are expected to rise. So this may very well restrict the mining of like such currencies to like mining pools, which is what I was saying. You know, to individual miners, individual miners who can devote like hardware, energy, and time to process will have to go with like you know smaller coins and stuff like that. So there you go. So SHA-256 is like the Bitcoin Big Daddy software. 
uh, that's for mining Bitcoin and then like other coins that follow like that Bitcoin al algorithm so most likely like Bitcoin gold SV and like uh, Litecoin and uh, like all of that kind of stuff uh, will most likely be mined with that and then like uh, script will most likely do some of like your your smaller uh, less heard of coins and that kind of thing and there's coins that you can like you know just mine on on a laptop so uh, so uh, they're just not worth a whole lot right now but uh, some of them actually do have have, you know some uh, some some value and liquidity so uh, and we're gonna cover some of like those coins in a later podcast or whatever so so before we do that though I wanted to cover like the like the cards uh, and then I'm gonna cover like you know individual mining and mining pools and then we'll call it a day uh, with this with this mining podcast because uh, I think we've basically covered just about everything comprehensively um, and uh, and at least you can wrap your head about what's going on, you know, with, with mining. Uh, is it enough info for you to start like, you know, your own mining rig and etc.? I don't know. Maybe, I mean, like go off and your next stop would be like, go to a uh, micro center and uh, start t telling them that you're going to, you know, that you want to mine some, some Bitcoin. And then you could start off by buying some hardware there. You know, you could put it together and, uh, and then from there, download some software. And before you know it, uh, uh, you'll have a higher electric bill to, to book and like some worrying that will never go away uh, inside of your house, uh, uh, making a lot of noise and that kind of thing. And, uh, and eventually you might end up with, you know, who knows, a couple couple hundred weird coins that end up to, to, to value out to $100 million. Who knows, like in a couple of years or whatever. Uh, very small scenario, uh, but most likely what can you do? you can probably make like 6% on your electric bill or whatever, like, you know, like something like that. You might start to, to see like, uh, you know, you put out a uh, hundred dollars in, 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 in bill and you end up getting like 115 back every month or something like that. So, uh, and, and you have a lot of fun and you have like a lot of conversation, you know, uh, to talk about like, Hey, I'm mining altcoins or whatever. And all your friends will think like, you know, that it's super cool and, and mystical. And in essence, it kind of is. Uh, but unless you have like a trillion, if you go to like people that are actually mining, they might have like 15, 20 rigs working at one shot. Right. So if you'd like invest money into like one little rig, uh, and you put it in your living room, you're going to mine a couple, you know, little coins that nobody's ever heard of because you ran like the software through it and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, and if you had 15 of them, the room would be like insanely hot. You'd have to bring in fans and that kind of thing. So, so you think your house will, you'd have to upgrade your, your, your power into the house because now you'd be running so much power. You'd be tripping your, 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 your breakers all of the time. And you see why it becomes exponentially like a problem to mine, you know, like cryptocurrency in your house. You can have like a little thing, like a science project that mines, you know, one Tron or whatever, every like trillion years or whatever. And you could have that going and it's like a cool thing, but like to make a living off of it, it's going to be extremely hard. So, uh, so anyway, that's going to be that. Let's cover like the, the, the ASICs and what they are. Uh, so like uh, application specific integrated circuits, right? Are customized pieces of like computer hardware that are designed uh, to 
to perform like one specific task, right? So it's a card that only does like one thing. For example, like the telephone circuitry, like in your smart smartphone, uh, you know, that's that's all stored on like a separate chip and like all that kind of stuff that's dedicated to you know making and receiving calls. In other words, it's it's an ASIC, right? So it's like this little card in there. The only thing it does is make and receive calls, and it does doesn't do anything else computationally for your phone. So that way, like all the power when that chip kicks in, all the power gets dedicated to that. So there's also ASICs out there like for gaming and sound and video capability and both for, you know, stationary and mobile computing services. But uh, we're going to take a look at like how ASICs are applied to the cryptocurrency industry and specifically like for the process of mining data blocks, which is the most important thing in the crypto thing. It's for actual mining. Uh, so for the most part, especially with the more complex SHA-256 mining algorithm, right? Uh, regular computers aren't designed uh, with uh, digital currency in mind. So like uh, it becomes very difficult for them to, to do like these super complex computations. But but as the difficulty of like the hash increases, you know, the, the complexity of the calculations necessary for successful mining, uh, you know, uh, miners who, who are using like standard issue computer equipment uh, will find that like the, the process just becomes too difficult to perform. And it can draw, like I say, like enormous amounts of energy and it take resources away from other programs so you can't do anything, you know, other than like mine and like that kind of thing, making all the tasks being performed by the computer like super duper slow uh, and killing. So this this is where like mining with ASICs comes to the rescue. So uh, they're made for mining and only mining and like their special, you know, design allows them to take on like the task in an energy like efficient manner. So like they have a little fan, they have like the cards or it's all in like a, a quick little little box uh, and the ASICs perform separately from like, you know, other computer components. So they don't have to, they don't have to share tasks with like the other hardware. Uh, therefore, like the use of like ASICs and like, you know, digital currency mining like makes the process cheaper, faster. Uh, uh, potentially like even more profitable I, I guess uh, a quick a quick caveat here is uh, that the process can be cheaper uh, once the ASIC is up and running uh, but uh, some of the more powerful like mining ASIC systems uh, can be somewhat expensive to purchase in the first place so they can, you might end up putting a couple grand down on one of these like just from the get-go then you got to make that money back from the get-go too right so like you, even if you make like your first you know let's say you mine a whole Bitcoin by yourself which is like an impossibility uh, but even if you did you know and a Bitcoin was worth like you know $12,000 at that time well it's only worth 10000 because I can right off the bat you had to figure out that like you know you spent 2000 or whatever on your ASIC from the get-go and it could be even more than that so so I'll, I'll take that so uh, in the cryptocurrency like mining industry there's like a, a little bit of a semantic confusion between like the term like you know like ASICs uh, people throw it around all the time but like strictly speaking like the term applies to like you know the circuit or the chip that's like what what an ASIC actually is so uh, that's it's been created to carry out like a predetermined like function however some miners will often you know they'll set aside like their entire computing system uh, equipped with one or more ASICs, you know, to undertake like the mining process for them. And often those miners will refer to their entire like, you know, dedicated system generally as an ASIC or an ASIC box. So when you hear ASIC box, it's generally like a bunch of ASICs, whatever, connected to like one computer. And like, even though like the term should technically be applied only to like the specialized, like that one little card, but uh, just another confusing thing to learn about, like all the other confusing things and like the crypto, the crypto market, right? So like, uh, that's how it goes. So anyways, guys, uh, sometimes uh, uh, when you can't like just buy an ASIC what you can do is that you can uh, you can join a crypto mining pool and there's several of like these pools that are available um, 
and within like these uh, crypto mining pools, uh, what you can do is that you join your computational power uh, with a network of like other miners. So you join, uh, you tell them, hey, I've got this kind of hardware, I'm going to run it. They put you in line with like everybody else. Uh, and then you add your computational power to a pool uh, that can then solve hashes uh, even quicker, right? So like just you joining the pool makes the pool better. Uh, so as the pool expands, uh, then you know you are racing towards uh, solving you know those blocks of, of data uh, to mine those coins uh, against other miners and if your pool is the largest and the most strong with the most computational power uh, then uh, you can uh, you can actually have a chance of, of collecting uh, later on um, you know, from the rewards of like these uh, transaction fees, or uh, when you produce a coin, then the, the coin gets, uh, you know, divided amongst like all the, the actual miners that were on there, and it gets divided based on the amount of computational power that you provided uh, to solving the hash. So there is one more way uh, that you can mine, uh, uh, by the way. You can mine without having any equipment whatsoever, without hearing any whirring noises in your living room, without having a high electricity bill, uh, and without having to join a pool. So what can you do? Uh, there's people that actually have a bunch of like ASIC boxes and stuff like that set up in a facility. Uh, and what they do is that they rent space. So let's say that you wanted to mine a particular coin. Uh, I don't know, whatever, ADA or another coin or whatever, right? Some weird coin. Let's make up our own coin, uh, SWP. So if you wanted to 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 mine your swap coin, your SWP coin, um, then you can actually get uh, in with a group uh, that has uh, a mining facility, right? So uh, with a mining facility, what you do is you would pay, uh, let's say, $300 a month. And if you pay $300 a month, that covers your electricity, that covers the use of their equipment in their cooled facility uh, that when it goes down, a guy jumps up and gets on a keyboard and starts fixing it, like that kind of thing right away. So you can look into, into these groups, uh, you know, as well. Uh, and, that, and that's called, you know, collective mining. Um, so somebody provides, uh, somebody just has like all of like the, the hardware, uh, they have the proper facility for it. Uh, they have no interest in mining uh, a particular coin because they don't like the speculative nature of it. So what they do is they'll rent you the equipment and you can sign a contract with them. They can be like, hey, I'm going to mine Bitcoin for a year and whatever comes of it, you know, uh, I'm going to pay you 300 a month or 500 a month and that kind of thing. And you use all of their equipment. Their equipment gets running. If the equipment ever goes down, they reimburse you for the amount of time it was down, you know, and like that kind of thing. And it gets up. A little bit, uh, you know, uh, a little bit uh, complicated with with how they keep track of everything. But uh, at the same time, it works, and there are people who do that. So they're just like, "Hey, I'm going to invest. I know that this coin's going to be up. I want to get as much of it as I can. I don't have time to, you know, to to go and buy all the cards, put them together, and that kind of thing." So they just join a facility uh, where where they can just pay monthly uh, via a contract. So that's a whole other way to mine as well, uh, and that kind of thing. If you actually heard of a coin where mining it would would be worth it, so this would be like if you heard somebody saying, "Hey man, there's a new coin coming out, uh, and it's called you know whatever uh, whatever it is. Let's say it was 
uh, SPR or whatever. And it's like, hey, and in the next five years, it's going to be worth $100,000 a coin because it's way better than Bitcoin and this and that or whatever. Right now it's being mined and it's got a low hash rate and, you know, and this kind of thing. Then you can look into all of that with all the information that you currently know now. And, uh, and then you can just uh, go rent some equipment somewhere or go to Micro Center and buy some equipment and uh, turn your basement into a mining facility. Or you can just, uh, you know, pay a couple of dollars a month, a couple hundred dollars a month and have somebody do all the mining for you and you could collect the coins as they come up. All right, guys. So that's enough. Woo. We just talked 45 minutes about mining. Uh, my mouth is dry uh, and I have no more notes left. So that's it. So I'm uh, ready to go. So I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you got something from it and uh, learned something about what it takes to mine, uh, you know, cryptocurrency and you wrap your head around what's actually going on with the, with the mining process. Uh, until then, remember that if you don't do anything else, just buy the dip. Talk to you later, guys.